This is an I Am Listening original podcast. You are then looking to achieve a maximum price by getting as many people in that front door. The best process possible right now in this marketplace is an open house. You want people bustling around, banging shoulders, creating that vibe that gives off the impression that this is a hot property. We want to achieve the maximum price for that seller. Welcome to the Property Podcast with Wards and me, Gary Wilson, the monthly podcast where I'll share with you all the latest Kent property news, as well as speaking with industry professionals to offer advice and tips that will hopefully help make your house moving journey a little less stressful. This podcast is brought to you by Wards. As Kent's local independent estate agent, Wards utilise years of experience and expertise to promote your property in the best possible light to the largest possible audience. For more information, receive an online valuation in less than 30 seconds or book an in-person appraisal of your property with us today. Head over to wardsofkent.co.uk to find out more about our unique approach. So welcome to episode two. And in this, we're looking at getting ready to sell your home, covering off lots of stuff, everything you're going to need when it comes to selling. It's a big thing. It's a lot of info coming your way. All of it good, we hope, in this podcast with guest Tom Ross Basson, who is Regional Managing Director of Wards Kent. Hello, Tom. Hello, Gary. Hello there. You all right? Good. I've missed you, Gary. It's oh, good to be back. It is good to be back. Good good to be back in the old routine. Now, we've got a lot to get through this time. The valuations, legals, which is one of the things I know makes people's heart just miss a beat uh, when you start thinking about legal requirements. Makes your heart just skip a beat. How do you take your house to market? Stamp duty? There's loads to get through. So let's not muck around. Tom, um, you decided to sell your home, right? It's time to sell. How do you go about getting your valuation? How's it calculated? What do we need to know? First of all, Gary, I think you need to put your mind in the, that of a seller. And that initial excitement surrounding selling your home really is the catalyst, which is normally provoked by they've seen something, um, which then allows them to consider what they need to do in order to put the house on the market. My first advice would be to look at the opportunities out there achieve more than one valuation is key. So we would always recommend a minimum of three valuations on their home. And you want to be looking at established estate agents with a good reputation, um, who have good feedback. That can be via Google reviews or Trustpilot. But just so you've got that, that peace of mind that the people you're talking to know what they're talking about. And when you get those valuations in, even if you might get three or more, you might not agree. You might think, Actually, no, it's worth more. Come on, this isn't enough. What do you do in that kind of situation? How can you move it forward if you're really stuck on a price in your head for whatever reason? That is the real key to an estate agent getting across the true value of a home because coming up against estate agents who maybe haven't done their research, um, they don't know the marketplace, their, their, their experience is limited. That is the challenge of estate agents to get that belief system of a seller that actually what they're conveying, what they're getting across is true and accurate. So I think at times, Gary, you've got to state the obvious that there will be estate agents who will tell sellers what they want to hear. That's natural. It's mm. human nature. You don't want to disappoint sellers. And in the marketplace we're in at the moment, Gary, you've certainly got to demonstrate and prove what properties are worth because we've just come out of a, a 
tremendous marketplace where you could pretty much stick a price on it and it would get there or thereabouts. Now we are in a position where we need to be a bit more intelligent with our pricing. And you have to do that by evidence. So what's selling at the moment, the level of buyers, what they're prepared to offer. And that's all down to preparation. And that's where the quality and experience of estate agent really does come to fruition. So for me, as a as what I would consider an estate agent, and the, this marketplace is a great space for you to prove your worth. Okay, so and the practicals of valuing a property, obviously, as a measure, other properties that are nearby, you know, next door, if it's a very similar house, obviously, you're going to think very similar price. They, you come in with your little laser and you do your measuring. I mean, what other sort of practical aspects is there as you tot up and, and make a really kind of precise valuation? That's a really good question, Gary. I think if you were to be a fly on the wall and observe variants of estate agents and valuing, you will get those that rock up, no problem, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, this is what I think it's worth, and vacate very quickly. And in some cases, that's what sellers, that's all they require, is um, just, tell, just tell me what it's worth. My opinion, talking to friends and family, is that an estate agent should get a true understanding of the situation, should have prepared prior to the appointment, and what I mean by understanding the situation is the seller's onward move. So they might require a quick sale. They may need to test the market or they might have ulterior motivations that determine the price. Job move, relocation, um, pregnant, other factors can really play a part in where you position and price a property. But yes, Gary, the fun part is getting out your laser and, uh, and telling the sellers how wonderfully big their, their lounge is. Um, but I think it's important to understand what the seller's have added to the property. So taking the time to absorb yourself into their world. It could be that they've made huge adjustments to whether the living space or the quality of the kitchen, the bathroom, uh, the additional expense they've made on the garden, etc. They really do play a part and they can be the catalyst of what the price comes out at the end. Yeah, so finely tuned, balancing that really. Yeah. Um, how long can people expect at the moment obviously it always changes and no two properties are the same but how kind ballpark length of time can we talk about the selling process what what sort of time are we looking at at the moment my advice gary would be to slow the process down so um i've been in a marketplace where it's about finding that buyer today yesterday prior to even going to the appointment you know who are motivated buyers who are keen to purchase in a certain area location even to a specific road in some cases where you've got someone really hot on a good location. We look to slow that property process down by marketing it correctly. So Gary, if we're selling your home, we want to make sure we make it look as great as we possibly can. And we are competing with estate agents that will be demonstrating a very slapdash quick process because sellers are excited, they're motivated, they want to sell, they don't want to lose out on the one they've seen. And we're having to educate that seller that actually to get the maximum for your home, to achieve the best possible price, you've got to slow that down and market it in the best possible light. What does that mean? The lighting, the angle of the photograph, what time of day do you take the outside shot? the garden shop, which angle is going to be best for the second bedroom, which isn't the largest, but we've got to show it in its best space. Once we've then done what we call the marketing, which you would hope, Gary, in a marketplace that's tough, you want it to be world-class, you are then looking to achieve a maximum price by getting as many people in that front door. The best process possible right now in this marketplace is an open house. You want people bustling around, banging shoulders, creating that vibe that gives off the impression that this is a hot property. We want to achieve the maximum price for that seller. So I believe, Gary, the, the timings, you want a week to market your home and you'll have sellers that will think that's way too long. I want it on the market tonight. 
that's because their emotion and their motivation is is being heightened by maybe a prophecy they've seen or their circumstances. So we've got to really pull that expectation down because we don't want to damage the income they receive by just getting it sold this afternoon. The open house is given a week's marketing. So we can really set the tone in terms of, you want to view this property, this is when the door is going to be open. The beauty of that, Gary, for those listeners that are selling their home, they'll know what it's like to be on viewing standby. You can't have kippers tonight, love. Put the shoes away. No, you're not allowed your toys out. Get the PS5 out. It is carnage. And we give the sellers a moment in time where we say, we're going to take over your house and we're going to manage that process for you. And we hope, all fingers crossed, that during that moment, we secure the buyer or buyers. And then, guess what? The buyers who put the offers forward, we give the choice back to the seller. So what buyer do you want to choose? Someone who's cash, sold, not sold, wants a bit of time to consolidate their situation. So it's a multitude of layers, but if you get it right, we get a very satisfied seller with a secured buyer and hopefully they can then go on their road to secure their onward purchase. I love what you say about the tidying up because I remember (laughs) showing them around the kitchen, here's the kitchen, and just praying that they didn't open the oven because in the oven was half the contents of the kitchen. There was there was a toaster. There was there various things that would all on the side ordinarily cluttering the whole kitchen up. They were in the oven and we moved the car around the corner because the boot of the estate car was full of kids' toys, cushions, just the things that fill up houses. Gary, you live so, in the real world. <laughs> if we had a podcast for embarrassing moments on viewings, we could draw in the listeners, let me tell you. Okay. I've well, opened up a few cupboards in my time and been surprised. <laughs> well, as long as you were never in a cupboard that was opened up, because that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast on top of that. But hey, let's never say never on that podcast. That would get Correct. some hits. Uh, now, here's a little bit to put you uh, on the spot. Instant curb appeal. So if you're selling your home, you've given... This would be a great pitch for a TV show as well. I'm just putting it out there. £100 cash to go and spend however you want on whatever you want to enhance the chance of a sale. 100 quid. what's the best way of doing that? Gary, immediately get your front door looking at shiny best. I mean, that's not going to cost you 100 quid. But if you've got the time and effort to really ensure that that first impression of that front door, that it's not hanging off the hinges, the windows aren't broke, the paint's not flaking off, that that really impacts the viewer's mindset as they walk through that door. Of course, you can extend that to if you've got any uh, lawn at the front or you've got any frontage. You know, the old box ball plants look fantastic, gives it a sharp edge and gives you a leading eye into the property. Um, apart from that, Gary, that 100 quid's not going to go far, but a nice, bright, shiny door attracts your eye and brings you into the property. Right, boom. And if you're going to put any any plants in, I would say, you know, the box plants always look great. The ball ones by front door, I think, look lovely. Gary, we almost sound like we know what we're talking about. Almost. Yeah. Um, also, if you do put, keep them in their pots, and you can have a nice shiny pot as well, the great thing is you can just take that with you when you go as well. Is this Gardener's Wheatley or something? Yeah. <laughs> Pass the pruning shears. So, leading on from that then, let's go a bit more general because there's obviously a lot to cover in that. Uh, What else uh, do people need to think about? The stuff, I'm thinking about stuff that is kind of broken, but it's kind of okay. People are living with it. But when it comes to selling, no one wants to buy a house with that. What is that? What can we fix? Gary, I think I can talk from the heart on this one. I've recently put my property on the market. And being an estate agent, you'd think that, you know, I'd know all of the kind of 
loopholes in terms of getting the maximum for their property. But like anyone else, we had the handheld shower on the edge of the bath, the hook that holds the handheld shower. That was spinning 360 degrees due to my lovely son. (laughs) That was fixed. The shower in general, you know, they can look tired and old quite quickly. And I think it's key that buyers will look at expense and they will look at the big value items, your kitchen, your bathroom. You can get away with your lounge and bedrooms, etc., because you remove the stuff that's in there, then they're going to be visualizing their own their own furniture. But kitchens and bathrooms, um, I certainly would recommend and advise where you can invest small can give a big return. Get your oven cleaned. Make sure your tiles aren't dirty. The grouting. Make sure your sink is shiny. It's not full of rubbish. Make sure that when they open the dishwasher, make sure that isn't smelling of grime and grot. Um, Those things really do make a difference. And having done hundreds and hundreds of viewings myself, I can assure you that I've seen many a viewing turn off the moment that those signals are, we're going to spend a lot of money on your kitchen, love, or the, 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 the bathroom, the ensuite needs changing, toilet seats, make sure that they're not broken. They, they all add to the overall value. As, as minute as it sounds, I can assure you it does. Yeah. I would, I would add to that cracks as well, generally, because people, people are petrified about cracks. But from my experience, it might be like a crack between, let's say, a bit of plasterboard on the ceiling and the wall. Someone's done something, maybe put a light fitting or something, and you slightly pushed the plasterboard, and it's just cracked, the bit of filler, the bit of plaster at the edge there. People see a crack and they go, oh. You know, a lot of people really worry. A couple of quid, bit of polyfiller, in with your finger, painted over, Jobs are good and there's no yep. problems there. Do you know what I mean? I think Gary, those, you're, bang those on. you're absolutely bang on. I think Joe, just to just to give the listeners a, a visualization, anything that detracts your eye from from the property is going to lead to more questions, more uncertainty, um, and and you want to avoid that at all costs. So as I said, small outlay can give you a bigger return. And I've had lots of sellers over the years. Gary said, "Oh, oh well, it's up to the buyer. They can do what they like." Well, that that's fine, but you're limiting your opportunity by not making those small minor changes at that point. Do you ever tell people that maybe have their style and taste, they might have, a, I don't know, a black wall, which within their stuff looks really nice, just a really bold, maybe dark colour, and they say, no, we like it, we're not going to change it. But actually, you know that if they got the roller out and spent an hour, yep. a bit of white paint. Yeah, you're spot on, Gary. And that leads me on to um, earning the right Now, there are thousands of estate agents out there, and I can assure you, having worked with some, um, there will be those that will take the path of least resistance. Don't worry about it, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. Everyone's going to love your back wall because they simply just want to satisfy that seller. A good estate agent will take the time to educate that seller in the way that you've just done, Gary. So, look, this is to your taste, and it's not for me to make judgment on that, but what we're looking to do is, is, is give the best chance possible for you to secure that best price. My advice and my recommendation would that you tone that down and make it a more neutral colour. So, I think if it's handled correctly and you've earned the right through building their trust, understanding that you want to support and help them move forward, then you, you, you take that moment to advise and educate them. And then you don't get that conflict. You're not in insulting their taste. You're simply being the professional that we should be and giving them the best chance to sell their home at the best price. What you don't want is buyers turning around saying, we love it. We, we, we were just really put off by that black wall. Mm, mm. Yeah, because you know, there are a lot of people that really find it hard to imagine their stuff in that space and that space transform from what it is. They really they need that extra help or want that extra help just to make it as easy as possible 
for that person to imagine themselves in that house is Gary, key. I think you've articulated that beautifully. I know exactly what you're referring to, and it will be naive to think otherwise. Buy- buyers want as little effort as possible to visualise themselves in that home. What we can't do is persuade them on schooling, location, where the local shop is, how close they are to the motorway. But what we can do is create a picture where they can move in with ease with the limited amount of expense in general that they can walk in and live. The moment you are talking about refurbishments, and that's a different kettle of fish. We understand there are certain buyers for those types of property. The price will reflect. But in the main, Gary, you're absolutely bang on. We have a duty of care as an estate agent to educate and advise the seller on what's going to give them the best chance to maximise their property. Because if we do, Gary, that gives them more money in their pocket to go and purchase the dream house of their dreams. Exactly right. And they can paint the walls whatever colour they like when they get to the new one. So, um, walls, not black and white, but one thing that is black and white, until they change every now and again, taxes and fees when selling a property. Uh, what should people expect? What research does someone need to do before they commit? How do you, you know, your part of things, how do other people come in and help with that? Yeah. Money, when it breaks down, how does it happen? So let's let's break it down into what it looks like. So from a seller's point of view, a traditional estate agent will, will quote a percentage, Gary. Now the property ombudsman encourage all estate agents to declare their fee full and final prior to marketing commencing. So that there's no hidden cost. There's, there's an actual figure what they can work out their expenses on going forward. So Listeners, if you're getting a valuation on your home, you want to know pound, shilling and pence what it's going to cost you to instruct an estate agent to sell your home based on the property. In addition to the estate agency fees, you will have solicitor's costs, you'll have removal costs, and of course, if you're purchasing, there are stamp duty costs to consider as well. You want to ensure you are totally aware of what those figures are, because what you don't want is to be coming to exchange your solicitor outlining what the costs are and that comes a major shock to you, which could impact on your onward purchase. So I don't want to give you what those figures should be because they will be very different based on the house value and what you're purchasing at. But the disbursements, which are your um, legal fees, they, they, they are set out from day one. They are in black and white, Gary, as you say. But please, my recommendation, I'm very passionate about that, is when speaking to an estate agent, don't let them off the hook, hold them to account and make sure you understand exactly what you're paying in full and final prior to that marketing commencing. That would be what I would advise. So elsewhere with the financials, they can do, people can do, sellers can do, potential sellers can do stuff before you guys maybe even get involved. If they're just even, they're toying with the idea, but it's not on the market yet. How can people kind of get their ducks in a row? Do what's called a cost of moving exercise. Right. Okay. Now, the easy access route into obtaining that information is talking to a mortgage advisor who will have a planner for you. They will set out the stamp duty costs, your mortgage costs, any fees surrounding surveys, your state agency costs, and they can work that out on a worst case scenario or they can have actual figures depending on who you've spoken to. Um, they're an independent source of advice, so you haven't got an estate agent trying to persuade you to use their services based on um, maybe some kickback. You want clarity and peace of mind and reassurance that what you're being quoted, what you're writing down is true and accurate. So there is no hidden surprises. There's no stress that's already associated with selling home. You don't want additional because you've not, as you say, Gary, got your ducks in order. Okay, so do as much as you can beforehand. Yeah. If you know someone who's selling a house, buying a house, the one thing that they will, I think, stress about more than anything else because it's so out of their hands is the chain. What 
is the chain for those who've not been involved with one before. Oh, they got something to endure. How can they make the chain a less stressful yeah, thing? Painful, tears, tantrums. Yeah. Uh, I love a chain. Um, if it's handled correctly and state agents have put their best foot forward and done their due diligence, then Gary, it should be no more of a risk than any other transaction. What I would recommend sellers to pose the question to estate agents or their solicitor is their position, financial position. Um, have they got a solicitor instructed? Where are they in the transaction? Now, this may sound like jargon, but simply asking has an offer been accepted? Has a survey been instructed? Has the mortgage offer been applied for? Have the searches come back? These are very basic um, questions that can be asked and the Answers you receive will give you a real clear understanding and indication of where that is. If you are in a chain and they they can be multiple properties or they could be one or two, be as loud and as on it as you possibly can be. Do not be afraid to consistently ask questions of the estate agent, the solicitor, the mortgage advisor, and get as many of those individuals in your address book as possible. And, and please just make sure you've got control as much as possible because that will be the difference between maybe the property falling through, exchanging, and certainly agreeing on a completion date. The biggest reason that I've seen over the last two decades of properties falling through is where the property has been agreed, offer has been accepted, and then it's just been left to kind of float. And, and, and there's been a lot of kind of misinformation, which adds fuel to the fire. And then you'll get a seller who is emotionally charged, who will turn around and say, well, on that basis, we're going to decide to come off the market. And I've seen dreams shattered simply because of that. So you can do kind of stuff to manage the chain to some degree. But I think you do have to kind of just go, if someone in the chain decides for whatever reason... I'm out. There's not a lot you can do when it comes down to them making that decision. So how how do you tackle the expectations of people who are selling for the first time with that whole chain thing that can collapse? Because, you know, you, you're going to want to stay positive. Whatever happens, eventually things will work out. But how can you manage the expectations of someone in a chain who's not experienced it before and you know from bitter past things that have happened to you guys as, as you go about your daily work? how it can suddenly go wrong like that. Garrett, it's the most challenging part of the transaction. So the emotion when putting a house to the market is always high because it's exciting. You then secure an offer. That's exciting. You've got someone wanting to buy your home. That feels good. You're then into the legal transaction where you're relying on um, solicitors and conveyances in order to take that through. Now, good estate agents and good parts of that process are handled by what we would call full-time sales progressors. That's their job. They live and breathe it day in, day out, and they will take a vested interest in understanding each part of that component, along with recommended um, mortgage advisors and other estate agents will play a part. We often have a real challenging period where we're taking the emotion out of the transaction, where there are opinions, there are lots of personal moments that are associated with moving a home, school starting, job starting, pregnancies, babies. These things are highly charged. And with experience and with lots of times it's cocked up, you learn how to handle those moments. And 
I think it's a really important point, Gary, that what I would say to listeners who are selling, who find themselves in a chain that's challenging and we're relying on third parties, we're relying on additional information, is to, easier said than done, relax, take the heat out of the situation, take advice. And the old adage, two heads are better than one, are often the way forward. I can tell you, Gary, of multiple situations where I've had sellers say to me, Tom, pull the plug, I'm done. And by simply letting the dust settle, taking a viewpoint, different angle, I've been able to secure that purchase. And if they were here today, they would be saying to me, Tom, you changed my life. And I think that's quite poignant, isn't it? To be able to turn around and say, you've changed my life. When I was 22, I wouldn't have believed you that was possible. But when you see their kids growing up in a new house and things that are going well for them, you believe it. And this word doesn't come with estate agents, but sometimes if you get a good one, trust them. It's not always about the money. It's about actually helping those people move forward. One final question as we look forward to next month's episode. Do you need a mortgage in principle to get cracking with your house hunting? Do you yes, need that yes, set? yes, yes. Right, okay. Gary, Gary, you don't. Technically, you don't. But um, when there are multiple buyers, so Gary, you and I are going for the same property. All right, we both like it, both in a semi-good situation. You've sold your house, I've sold my house. My recommendation to the seller would be to say, how serious is Gary and Tom taking this? Well, Gary's got an agreement in principle. I would be recommending to the seller that they would listen to that offer with more seriousness than maybe Tom, who we don't know their finances. So technically, no, but I would always recommend my seller to listen to those that have taken the due diligence, the care to actually understand what they can afford. And uh, that will give you more security and peace of mind. And guess what, Gary? Leading on from chains, if you've done that in the first instance, there's a greater chance of it not falling through when Tom, the buyer, is told you can't afford it. So just be careful. Health warning with that one. Brilliant. So don't forget, it's a good idea to consult with a financial advisor, solicitor or estate agent to help you navigate the home buying process and answer any additional questions you may have. Thank you very much, Tom. And we'll see you at the end of the series for an episode on completion. Ah, what a lovely word. And we will see you for next month's podcast, which will be all about mortgages. Yes, all about mortgages and making sure that you are getting the right deal. Make sure you click the subscribe button. Thanks for listening to the Property Podcast with Wards. If you'd like more information on the subjects that we've covered in today's episode, just head over to the Wards website at wardsofkent.co.uk or you can follow us on our social media channels. You can check out our latest episodes at www.im-listening.co.uk or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This has been an I Am Listening original podcast. For more information, head over to our website, im-listening.co.uk. Listening.